You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. My message is Kingdom Culture. Or whatever they say. They're pretty much the boss. Kingdom. Kingdom. Connect culture. That sounds good. I wonder who's over connect. Oh, it must be Pastor Samuel. Trump Dr. Matt. Trump card. Yeah, yeah, thanks. 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 Enjoy your coffee. You know, I was thinking about what I wanted to uh, what I wanted to preach on today is really just a product of who I am. And connect is such an important thing, but I wanted to give you a little why behind the what. We just got back our executive retreat, campus pastors. We were, you know, we've always been to Big Bear. We tried to go to Palm Springs. They changed all the rules on us in the last couple months. You know, it's like, all right. I love Pastor Eric. He's like, forget about it. We're going to Cabo then. I love big thinking pastors. Is like, you're not going to stop us from having an executive retreat. We'll just go to Cabo, which was it had to be a blessing. What a divine thing. But we're hanging out with campus pastors. We're talking about leadership. We're getting, you know, schooled by Pastor Jurgen, just talking to us about next level things. And then we called in Pastor Mike Connell. How many of you are familiar with Pastor Mike Connell? Not all. Okay. Oh. What are you teaching over here, Pastor Samuel? Dear Lord. Somebody. Hey, listen, Pastor Mike Connell one of the greatest pastors with wisdom discernment, but he, he really goes after, he's had a ministry in, the, in deliverance and inner healing for a long time. Like no one teaches this better than he does. I mean, he just drops Bible wisdom like you wouldn't believe. And I love it because when you're in his junior high ministry, uh, he starts introducing you to deliverance and what Jesus did in the book of Acts, and goes through this when you're in junior high, just teaches biblical foundations to all junior high kids. If I would have learned this in junior high, I would have not been jacked up, maybe a little bit, but I mean, that was just parental stuff. But you know, I would have been way less jacked up if I would have known, if someone would have told me soul ties, in church my whole life, and I didn't hear soul ties until I came to this place. And I'm like, reading everything I can on soul ties. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. <laughs> you know, it's like, gosh. No. I haven't started with my nine-year-old, but let me tell you. At 12, I'm telling her about soul ties. Right. Yeah. Maybe 11, depending on uh, the pressure. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's amazing of the things that he, he t- would teach junior high on, this found biblical foundation. Now when you're in high school, this is where it gets fun. Freshman year teaches you, ninth grade, by the way, for those of you that don't know that term, maybe I'm old school. Is that still a term? But they teach you, all right, we're going to teach you how to pray with authority, teaching identity in Christ, which I think is pretty awesome. Sophomore year, you're actually going to go out and start praying on your friends. You know, like, go give it a go. Junior year, they take you on a field trip in the inner city, like finding the homeless and the people talking to themselves and unleash you. So they're seeing all sorts of manifestations and deliverance and demons flying off people. That's junior. Now, senior year, he loves going to Asian culture because he says those are the most strongholds, the most powerful strongholds in Asian culture due to all the idol worship. And he says that's where people, you know, will lose their mind. You know, they'll just see some serious manifestations. Some of you look like you're just staring at me all crazy. That's okay. So by the time you're a senior, you're in the most wild parts 
they, they go to Singapore, they go to different areas, and they get invited in. And he said his greatest moment, he was sitting in the circle and he's watching all his seniors, and they went to a church in Singapore, and he says, he was sitting there. I don't even know why I'm telling this story. It's not even part of my notes. But all these kids were facing outwards. Well, the whole youth group in the Singapore church were facing inwards, and then he kind of did this little teaching. He goes, all right, go ahead and pray. And he says, as soon as he just unleashed them to pray, they just rose up in their spirit and started praying for these kids. He said, it was the most, like matrix, everything in slow motion, people manifesting, falling to the ground, just the craziest thing. And God slowed it all down for him. And he was looking around the room and he said, he saw these senior kids in high school with the biggest smiles on their face, just busting stuff loose on people. He said it forever imprinted on him. He never, never forgets the ministry he was called to. So could you imagine being trained up in that ministry by the time you're the senior? I'm trying to recruit as many interns from his church as possible. Hey, come over here. <laughs> I want to send you up to two places, Sacramento and San Francisco. Go unleash it. I just want to get like a 737 full of them. Send all the seniors. Quit going to those Asian countries. Come to California. I don't want to move. I need some stuff busted out of here. For the rest of you, you can just, we can do an altar call afterwards. I feel like they're like, what is Dr. Matt talking about? All right. So what I want to talk about today is just, you know, I was raised in a way that was really quite, I was deceived, really. I was a deceived Christian. All that meant was I did give my life to the Lord when I was a young kid, meaning I knew my salvation was good. I was going to heaven, but heaven. Hooked on phonics. Thanks, Pastor Samuel. But, uh, but, but as I was raised up and backsliding, and then, you know, it was either, you know, condemnation or guilt or, you know, just always, I felt like this tormented spirit. I get so convicted, I come to the altar, and then I go back to the world. I just never knew any power. So here I am, this confused kid living in the world, one foot over here, one foot in here, just going probably out of, you know, fear of the Lord and fear of my mom, uh, but just going to church, and I was just thinking to myself, man, no one taught me, and there was four things that really you're going to get out of today is I didn't really have the revelation of the power of the word. I didn't really have the full understanding. I try to read the Bible, and I mostly fall asleep, or I just not get into it. I, I mean, I knew Noah, David. I mean, I knew the basics, you know, but it was no one taught me the power behind the word of God. Second thing is I didn't know my identity in Christ. I didn't have a full revelation on what identity looked for. And by the way, for those of you who knew, we're an engaging church. We're going to lean it in church. You can shout me down. You can cheer. You know, the more you lean into it, the better it's going to get, I promise you. Otherwise, I'll get off the stage and come right up to you. I'll start prophesying. Lord, give me a word for everybody in here. But I didn't know my identity. I didn't know his lordship. He's my savior and my Lord. It means that Jesus has got some power. And when he ascended, guess what? The Holy Spirit came so we can walk in that power. Never raised in a church that even talked about the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Trinity, we, they'd say the word Trinity, but they'd only be talking about two of them. So I just thought the Holy Spirit was like the, the mini-me. Like the God and Jesus, they were like this, and you had the mini-me in the back, like... So I had some major repenting to do when I found out, like, oh, oh you're equal. Yeah, yeah. No. Come on. No. no wonder I'm like the Christian tool. Yeah. 
had no power, no authority. And then I didn't understand kingdom culture, that there is a culture, that there is a kingdom culture. And I was so pre-wired to think like the world, I am still uprooting stinking thinking. And what you think about, you bring about. So when you are thinking about worldly thoughts, you're gonna bring about worldly actions. So it's like, man, why do I keep getting sucked into sin? Why do I keep getting sucked into this thing? I had a shirt, you know, printed, had a big K on it. They go, what's the K for? And I said, confused. And the guy's like, yeah, it doesn't start with a K. And I go, yeah, that's how confused I am. <laughs> Messed up. You know, my grandpa was a preacher. It was so funny, but he would tell me stories. And first time he ever preached, one person showed up to church. I'm like, well, you didn't preach, did you? For one person? Yeah, he's my first service. Yeah, I preached for one person. He grew up on a cattle ranch. I mean, my grandpa was like, no, he wasn't like John Dutton, but he was, you know, the Christian version. It was so funny. He's like, yeah, of course. When I take my tractor down and I'm going to feed the cows, if only one cow shows up, I'm still going to feed the cow. I was like, all right. But God blessed him in ministry. He loved people and he loved Jesus. And it was amazing too, because I was just coming to back then C3, now Awaken. And man, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget my mom's like, okay, your grandpa's getting old. Just don't tell him. I'm like, what do you mean don't tell him? I, this whole thing, I mean, how we were raised, I don't want you to tell. I will, oh, that I got the mini me in me? You know, oh, okay. Well, if he's so tight with Jesus, you don't think he'll know? She goes, you just can't do it. I don't want to give him a heart attack. And if he dies because you told him you got filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues now, he might wig out. <laughs> All right, mom, whatever. So I go home to see him. He's not doing well. He's kind of, you know, in this, in this home and I'm loving up on him. He taught me ping pong, taught me mentor golf. I mean, we'd go home and we'd play these crazy, you know, like the triune of all these games. And if I would lose, I would just go back to college in total shame, you know? So here I am going back to see him and hands me a three by five card, tells me I'm going to be a preacher one day. I'm like, oh man, I'm just getting healed up in this church, grandpa. You don't know what I'm doing. He goes, and God's really been revealing some things. And I just want to tell you, don't let this old man's theology keep you back from God's promises. Wow. I was like. Wow. So it was like then the full release, you know, then my mom got baptized in the Holy Ghost and like power through my whole family. But, you know, I was just thinking about my journey, my journey that, man, I found out the power of the word in this house. I find my identity in this house. I understand that he's not just my savior. He's my Lord. Oh my gosh, and there's a kingdom culture. So no matter where you're at, just I'm still in this thing. Now, now I'm a pastor on the other side of this now since 2017. I've been seeing and understanding that we can still get even deeper revelation on who we're created to be in this life. If it was just about getting saved, man, raise your hand. Let's say the sinner's prayer. Let's do an altar call. Let's get the following Jesus book. Let's read it and then ascend to heaven. But that's not what it's about. It's about understanding the revelation that God has given you a gift. He's given you each and every person in here an assignment, even though only 13% of you are clapping. He gave each and every one of you an assignment, which is pretty awesome. And now he's wondering, hey, what are you going to do to fulfill your assignment? 
What are you going to do? You're only going to be one of two things. You're either going to be a victim or a victor. And what happens is he's pretty much just saying to his kids, quit trying to save people. I save people. You disciple them. So, and then you're, you might be like, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can disciple people. I just got saved. Well, guess what? You're one step ahead of someone that hasn't got saved. So you're already, that's pretty good. So just whatever you did to get over the line, help your friends get them over the line. I didn't even know what I was doing in this house, but I was bringing more of my patients to church. And how would I do it? Nothing. I didn't throw Bibles at them. I didn't even have following Jesus books to give them. That would have helped increase my odds. I was just slinging Pastor Jurgen CDs. I was at home burning them. I, went, I was so proud of myself when I went to Best Buy and I bought the 10 burner. And I would put Pastor Jurgen's message in and it'd be burning. I'd just be sitting in my office just waiting for him to burn. And, and no joke, my, friend, my friends were starting to think I was crazy. They're like, hey, are you going to do a spinal screening? I'm like, no, I'm burning CDs for my pastor. I'm giving them out. I, I took it serious. Lord, you, I'm going to build your house. You build mine. And guess what? He did. He is. Continues. It's supernatural because that's kingdom. And until we don't have that revelation, when you keep doing it in your own strength and you do it your own way, that's great. But that's your way. If we can get in alignment with God's plan, God's way, you're going to understand there is a kingdom culture. Now it's connect week. What does that mean? Get yourself connected. The writing's on the wall. I ain't no singer. So sign up, y'all. Yeah, whatever it is, you know. But I'm just saying, yeah. You know, it's amazing because I've been in the coaching world, personal development. I love it. But what's amazing is you can give people all the tools and they still will talk themselves out of it. See, in the kingdom, we want to set you up. Why do we have DNA? It's not so we can figure out, like, what to do. Like, you know what? We're bored. Let's start a DNA course. We're going to raise up leaders. Just DNA. We're all just going to stand around. No, no, no. We do DNA because tr- we know that we, we have about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday that we get to, I get, I'm seeding you all. And what I'm trying to do is grab your brain and wash it from the world. Because we're around the world, whatever the hours are left. Somebody do the math. I should have done it. But it's not in my notes either. I haven't even touched my notes yet. We're trying to pick up something here. But here's what happens is we have about 90 minutes, let's say, to get you brainwashed from all the world wash that has got you thinking like the world. But we have to set you apart because you are set apart. And when you're set apart and we get you set back up, then we got to start thinking different. See, when I was in, uh, I went back to help some high schoolers on a... um, you know, for my, for my high school trip when I was in grad school. And I came back from grad school, and that's where kind of my faith got reignited. I saw some supernatural things happen. Uh, one in my life kind of messed me up, and I called my mom. I said, Mom, you won't believe what happened. She goes, oh, did you just pray out to Jesus? I'm like, yeah, but after it was all going down, she goes, oh, how did you not know that? I'm like, did you ever teach me and my brother that? Like, call on the name of Jesus? No. You know where I read it? Frank Peretti. So I'm writing him a thank you letter, Mom. When demons come after you, he would say the old lady started praying and those demons would get just whacked. So that's what I started doing. I just threw out the name of Jesus. I got set free. It kind of rattled me. 
And I said, man, I gotta get back into going to church in the Bible. Well, anyways, I came back for this river trip to take these kids down the American Fork. We lived on the American Fork up near Sacramento. And I'm taking these kids. And I remember I said a bad word. And this little kid looked at me. And I didn't even realize I had a trucker's mouth. And this little kid looked at me and was like, you just said the A word. I was like, what? I know the alphabet. I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't, I, and what happened was I realized that my, my brain, I was just around a certain culture. And when I went back, I remember going back to my friends and I was going, every one of them, just dropping every bomb there was. But what's amazing is I know the power. I knew how to renew my mind. I put on my rubber band. I said, I'm not cursing again. Let me tell you, that wasn't easy. And I just made an inner vow that I'm gonna be set apart. I don't wanna get around. So I started snapping it. I started reforming my mind. It says, take every thought captive. How do you do it? You actually have to put the work in. That's how I set myself free from every bad thought. I deal with guys with porn addictions all the time. They go, I'll never get over this thing. Yeah, you will. I'm surrounded by myself that don't even think like that anymore. You know, it starts with don't buy Maxim magazine. Don't buy the next level. You know, start with cleaning your mind up. You got to take every thought captive. Then you got to renew your mind. How do you renew it? You get in the word of God. But no one ever told me that. So here I was breaking these bad habits. See, we have the bad habits around money. Could have a poverty. I was raised around some stuff because guess what? My great-grandparents went through a great depression. Hello. Then my grandparents were raised with some stinking thinking around money, which then passed it right on to my dad and my mom and how they were trying to break those cycles because they were solid Christians. They had the word in them, but it was like a rubber band, a tug of war. My dad would make more money than anyone I've ever known, but then he would lose more money because he had this conviction because his dad believed if you have money, you can't be a Christian. So I was raised with my dad just ripping it, then losing it, ripping it, then losing it. He made most of all my friends are multimillionaires because of my dad. He's one of the smartest men I know. And yet, why would he self-sabotage? Because he wasn't renewing his mind and saying, I got to get some belief systems out of me that aren't in alignment with kingdom culture. And that's why people come here, and sometimes they come here, they're like, whoa, that church is, why is everyone smiling? Why is everyone so friendly? Why do they care so much about, like, being successful? Well, that's kingdom. And then it triggers the religious spirit. Then we got to go outside and talk about it for a couple hours. When, when if we just went to DNA to hear the why behind the what, if we just got plugged in a connect group and just started getting around the culture, then we could start the process. You know, they put one, there's only, Jesus is the only one that just said water, wine. Anytime someone like a winemaker today wants it, you got to go through a process. There's a process to everything. Now, can Jesus come in at one moment, just take your thinking and get it unstinking? Yes. But if he doesn't come down and do that, just like the water to wine, it's going to go through a process and you have to catch yourself. You have to look at, if you don't like some outcomes in your life, let's just take an inventory because all you got is you. And let's open ourselves up to process with other people to process better. The greatest thing, that's called discipleship. It's a thing. It's a thing. 
you know, it's, it's amazing. This year, we kind of leveled up the game because we, we took and just went and got a Bible and said, we're going to do an Awaken Bible. Yeah. There's nothing supernatural about it. It's just a reading plan. Let me tell you what it's done for my conversations with my friends. We are all on the same reading plan now. With my wife and I, we're talking a little bit different because every year before, I just did my Bible. She did her Bible. I'd switch an NLT version, New King James version. She'd go NIV version. But we never talk about it. But what it's done is it's united a lot of my friends' conversations because we're all on the same reading plan through the same Bible. And we're just trying to get you all to pick up what we're putting down because we'll get in a sync, in a rhythm, in a flow. And it will grow together. There's... The number one thing I hate is when so many people are on fire growing, and then you have some people that are sticking their heels in. See, when I had the revelation of what the word was saying, I would run to the altar because I knew the altar is where your life gets altered. So the only reason people don't run to the altar is because they have more about fear of man than they do fear of the Lord. I knew that I wanted to be successful. I saw the success of my friends. I, I saw the fruit of Pastor Jurgen. I saw their marriage. I saw my marriage. I saw the way they talked to each other. I saw the way I thought about things. You know, I was like, oh, I want what they got. So that means I got to change up some thinking around marriage. I got to change up how I view relationships and then I just want to do life. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to add as much value as I can to Pastor Jurgen's life. So he just wants me around. And then while he's around, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to let him speak into my life. I'm going to let him say things. It's amazing how we as Christians don't allow people to speak in our life. And we think like we only have to go to the pastor. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me is I was a part of an amazing connect group. I was a part of a connect group and we would just talk different. Then I'd go back into my job, back into the world, back into my personal development space and coach chiropractors and do all these things. I'd be like, whoa, my mind is changing. What I used to be drawn to isn't attractive anymore. I would rather hang out on a Wednesday night with my connect group. I don't even know what I have in common with them except Jesus. I have more in common over here, but I don't like the fruit of what I'm eating over here. I go over here and I'm having this. It's kingdom. And then as I started to get breakthrough and I started to see my mind change, my filter change, what I see, what I believe, what I'm attracted to, everything started to taste different. You know what? Everything that's kingdom taste is life. Everything the world was giving me just felt like a ripoff. But you know what I learned? Because I went over here and kind of needed to get myself healed, restored, I had to do the work. I had to have tough conversations with myself. I had to have someone have tough conversations with me. I had to be down on the altar. I signed up for prayer. I went in and did some fasting. I started a men's prayer meeting, just not for anybody else but me, because I never was raised to learn how to pray. Now, just at our campus together on next Tuesday, Bressy and San Marcos, we'll have 300 guys there at 5.30 in the morning. But here's the thing. It's not how you start. A lot of guys come in, they're like, oh, shoot, sugar. Never prayed out loud. But then guess what? One month, two months, I watch men come out that are completely changed, take authority in their home. I've watched them throw down. You know what? A lot of them, especially when you have a kid, you start thinking different. You're like, oh, I'm responsible. 
Oh. Okay. All right, devil. You're getting a beat down today. Don't make my little girl cry. <laughs> you know. So it's just this interesting thing where now, being around enough, you get to define exactly how you want to live. So my circle, my connect group now is all the people that I used to, I used to say, well, God, I love these people for who they are and all the things in their life. They're just not kingdom. You know what he said to me? Well, good. Invite them to my kingdom. So I did. And I watched every one of my friends that I had all this other stuff get saved, laid down their life because of one conversation. So you can have the best of both worlds. Just like my boy Taylor Tony, I went down and saw him. We sat in the hot tub. Next thing you know, we're evangelizing to everybody in that hot tub, and we weren't weird. We weren't throwing Bibles. We were, we were just telling our story. You know, and it was amazing that we related to them. We weren't high and holy. We were real. We were authentic. We shared our story, and people wanted life, and they realized they could get it if they could get to the source. I got a text this morning. They're live streaming San Marcos this morning because my wife's over there preaching. And here's a guy that I could tell we're going to do life together. A young 34-year-old successful guy from Long Beach, he will be my friend. Because I liked his mojo, man. He was kind of edgy. He, he was passionate. He needed one thing. He was missing his kingdom assignment. See, Mike Connell said some interesting things. Mike Connell was just saying, hey, if you can get this right, and he talked about, I'm going to read this verse Luke 16, 10 through 13. Pastor Jurgen said this verse. He said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to trust with you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Right. See, if someone would have taught me what that meant... But if I could be a good steward over a little, one day, I could be a good steward over much. I think of myself, my good friend Alex Clot, how young he is. He's in his 20s learning all these principles that I had to wait till I was in my 40s. And yes, I've been blessed. And yes, I've done some amazing things. But what happened between 18 and 30 that I couldn't have been in that? I'm not going to regret it. But guess what? My daughter at nine gets it. I love Pastor Samuel. Just wrote a book, 52 verses that every kid should have Bible verses. It's on Amazon. Every one of us should have a copy if we have kids. We should buy that. You want stocking stuffers that are going to make a difference? That's a stocking stuffer that will make a difference. Not only for his Prius dreams, but for your dreams. Yeah. Don't be offended if you have a Prius. It's my inside joke. So real quick, Mike Connell talked about three ways to accelerate your life. That's not what he called it. That's how I heard it. I need every one of us to accelerate our life. If you're staying in California, I need you to accelerate your life. If you're going to make a difference for the kingdom and make a stand for righteousness, I need you to accelerate your life. It doesn't matter what happened last night. It doesn't matter what happened on Friday. You can actually renew your mind. You can ask for forgiveness. You can repent. And it's amazing. Sin... Sin is you miss the mark. But the devil wants you to have so much condemnation, you can't even get out of bed to get to church in the morning. My name is not Jesus or Jesus. 
I am going to sin every day. So don't put me on a pedestal because I'm your pastor. I'm going to make mistakes every day. But you know how fast I repent? Very fast. Because I have two things, fear of the Lord and fear of my mom. But I will tell you, I repent quick. Part of my success is when I make a mistake and I fall down, I make a phone call. I repent quick, so I get established back up unto righteousness quick. And I just made it an internal commitment and one to Pastor Jurgen. If you're going to get me ordained, if you're going to have me go through, if you're, who I am on Sunday is who I'm going to be on Monday. Who I'm going to be, I'm sure I'm going to ruffle some feathers, I'm sure, but I'm not going to sit there and play Christianese. And you know what? I'm the type of pastor, when I sit down with people and I start to see the Christianese buzzer go off, I call it out. Because I am never going to be associated with raising and discipling fake Christians. We are all going to struggle. We are all going to miss the mark. You don't need to bow your head when you tell me. Because that's shame. You look at me right in the eye like a man. If you're a woman, find a woman that can lead you through it. Some things a man doesn't need to hear. Work it out with some of our female pastors. But no matter what you're going through, it's not going to shock me. No matter what is keeping you held down, you're not going to offend me. I'm unoffendable. But let me tell you, until you have the courage to look yourself in the mirror, you're going to be stuck and bound in that thing in that sense. See, I was raised that I was just a sinner and I'm never going to get set free. So I just have to keep focusing on the sin. No, focus on righteousness. What you focus on expands. Don't focus on sin. Focus on righteousness. What do you want to be? We are all sinners. We all fall short. Quit focusing on the sin and focus on righteousness. Seek first the kingdom. God loves you. He's not beating you up. The devil is. And the devil's a liar and he tries to destroy lives and get you bound up on all your mistakes that you never want to step out into your kingdom assignment because you're stuck in the mistakes. Listen, whatever it is, whatever triggers you, just ask the question, why did I just get triggered? Was it vision builders? And just ask yourself, why did that trigger me? Well, you thought buildings were free? And it's, it's not like, oh, the church just wants my money. No. I'm just trying to help you. If God can get it through you, he can get it to you. But three ways to accelerate your life, how we process matter and who we process with matters. That's why I can tell you, being a connect group, being a connect group, it's just to get yourself connected to different thinking. I'm not saying ditch all your people right now. I don't know what's healthy. I don't know what's unhealthy for you. I'm just saying if I can get you connected to the house more than one day a week. Some of you maybe don't come on Wednesday nights. My question is, why not? I get it. Listen, I, I, I fly home from seminars early that I paid for that go all the way till Sunday night. Because I made a commitment that, man, I need kingdom more than I need that thing. I've changed my schedules. I still get asked to speak places, and they know, if I can't be back by Sunday, don't book it. And this was before I was a pastor. I used to go to the river and be there till Sunday night, and then all of a sudden I had a conviction. I felt the Holy Spirit saying, hey, 
I can renew your strengths more than that sandbar can. And so guess what? I just one day told my wife, I said, all right. Let's get up at five in the morning and drive back on Sunday mornings. Then after three kids, you're like, dear Lord, let's just come back Saturday night. Well, I honestly didn't preach one thing in my message, but... But let me tell you one thing. Your goal for this year, 2022, get in alignment with God. Just get in alignment with God. What does that look like? I have no idea. I'm not you. God knows every hair on your head or lack thereof. It doesn't matter. He knows everything about your DNA. He knows how you're wired. He wired you. But there is a programmer that's trying to deceive you and take you out of kingdom programming. And if you are focused more on the world than more of the kingdom, I already know where you're programmed. You can show me your calendar and your bank account and you don't have to say another word. I know what your programming is. Your bank account and your calendar are the two most important things to you, your time and your money. And it's not a judgment thing. I'm just saying, if I needed to find a GPS pen and drop it, I just need to look at those two things. I don't need to look at what you say. And it's not a judgment. It's just over the years, I've had to realign it. And every year I try to make it a little bit more kingdom, a little bit more kingdom, a little bit more kingdom. And then I just say, I always ask the question, am I coachable? And the kingdom is, am I discipleable? Why did that thing trigger me? I still get triggered. I'll hear someone preach a word. I'm like, and then I ask the question, why does that trigger me? What is it in me that just poked it? Because if there's not the button in you, you would be unpokeable. And I'm not saying it's a right button or wrong button. I'm just saying, have you asked the question, why? Why is that poking you? And maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to look at it. How do you course correct? Time with the Lord in his word. And I wait to see where I need to be corrected. I then confess, repent, and refuse to allow sin to come into my life. I just say, all right, okay. I saw how I had that thought towards that driver that just cut me off. And I want to say some things, but I'm not that person anymore. I wonder why that really triggered me so bad. I wonder what else is going on in my life. Maybe I'm a little stressed. He probably didn't mean to cut me off. Maybe, Maybe I should pray for him. But see, I would have never done that a couple years ago. I would have got up next to him, <laughs> rolled down my window. You come to church on Sunday? <laughs> Last thing I'm going to tell you. Pastor Jurgen says your wife is a product of your husbandry. If you're a business owner, your team reflects your health. The people around you are a reflection of you. Those areas, I look at my team, are they a good reflection of me? What can I tweak on? How can I love my team more? It's my wife, if she's a product of my husbandry, then maybe I gotta look at my husbandry. If I don't like some things I'm seeing in my wife. Maybe there's some things in my kids that I'm not really liking some behaviors. Guess what, it's not them, it's my parenting that I gotta look at. These are all little pokers. 
But there is a kingdom way that teaches us everything we need to know right here. If I could have you all stand to your feet, I'm gonna pray for you. biggest aha moment I ever had, I just want to let you know something. God will not confirm your opinion or your own idea. He only confirms his word. When I had the revelation that if my life was off from what the word said, no matter how much begging, Jesus, if you get me out of this situation, I promise not to do it again. You know how many times I prayed that prayer between 18 and 30? Maybe, maybe every Friday night. Because I didn't know what to pray to prayer. Because I was trying to get God down to my level to change and help him put an amen to my opinion, to my philosophy, to my, what this says. I didn't want to conform to what the word said about money, what the word said about relationships, about sexual sin. About, so I was just stuck up in all these things. But when I yielded my opinions and my philosophies to exactly what the kingdom, what the word of God says, my life changed. And it's not a conviction. It just changed who this guy is. And the fruit is much different. So stretch out your hands to heaven. And I'm gonna pray that God highlights areas that he wants you to expand in. Listen, our father in heaven, Hallowed be his name. His kingdom come, his will be done. Listen, your father loves you. He created you in his image. There is a devil that brings condemnation on you. And if you've been feeling condemned or beating yourself up or kicking yourself, just tell the devil right now that he's a liar. You are forgiven. Every sin has been paid for. There's a savior that loves you. And now he wants to give you your assignment that you were created for. Remind the devil that he can't steal your assignment. He can't steal your identity in Christ. He can't intimidate you unless you let him. Don't give the devil your power. God has given you all authority. He has given you power. Heavenly Father, God, you see your sons and your daughters. God, highlight areas that we need to get set free in. Highlight areas, even secret sin, that we just have pride attached to it or ego attached to it or whatever it is. But God, give us the courage and the boldness to lay it down today. God, I thank you for healing healing our mind mentally, healing our soul that's been hurt, healing our heart that's been broken. God, give us the courageousness and the boldness to make a stand against the evil one that's been robbing us of our joy, been robbing us of our peace. I break condemnation in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy peace and joy rise up. God, I thank you for inner healing today, that we could live kingdom. That there is a kingdom culture and we're here to learn it. 
God, I thank you, Lord, that you're even teaching us in leadership how to be better disciples. I pray for every connect leader right now. God, let highlight areas that they can lead even better. And the number one thing to leadership and you're all called to lead, it starts with love. You gotta love yourself first. You gotta forgive yourself. And then just start to say, God, I need to trust you again. Every answer will stem from those places. That's the spring of life. That's the well. Love yourself and love God. And God's not too fragile that even if you're mad at him, even if you're disappointed with God, he can handle it. You just need to let him know. I literally, at 21 years old, had a heartache girl I was dating died in a renal cell carcinoma and I had a conversation with God 10 years later that I didn't even know was in my heart but I was disappointed let down so many times that I was actually mad at God and I didn't even know but when I repented and said I'm so sorry God but I want to trust you I just don't know how immediately I felt joy come back on the inside of me I just had to let it go I didn't even know it was in there because I was being deceived by a world. But the minute that God highlighted that my heart was broken and I was mad at him, everything changed. And I realized that I could be coachable again. I could be discipleable. I could lean into those things. God, I thank you for those that needed healing today. Lord, heal them where they're at right now. I come against fear right now. Some of you have some big decisions to make in business and in life, but there's a voice that's causing some fear around it. Some of you aren't stepping out due to that voice, due to that fear. You need to be in the atmosphere of faith. So God, I say, stir it up. We break that fear in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you, Lord, that their assignment is to step out. Give them the courage and the friendships to help them step out. Some of you are called to ministry. You just weren't sure how that looked. Neither was I. And I'm doing both. Let somebody know that there's a ministry calling on your heart. Don't let the devil intimidate you and keep you out. Some of the greatest worship leaders are in this service. Some of the greatest evangelists are in this service. Some of the greatest teachers of the word of God are in this service. Some of the greatest evangelists in the marketplace are in this service. God's gonna do a new thing in your life right now. In Jesus' name. Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never given your life to Jesus, it's the most important thing. Eternity's on the line. He, does, he wants to be more than just your savior. He wants to be Lord over your life. Maybe you once gave your life to Lord, but you kind of took it back along the way. That's you today, and you said, that's it. I want to rededicate my life. I want to do it God's way. Or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. If I'm pushing on somebody right here today, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. I see your hand. Come on. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Come on. Thank you, man. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you for being bold. It's my favorite part because I can almost hear the voice of the devil in my ear. 
It's not, you know, there's a battle for souls. So the more I get fired up, I just, you know. That's where I like to give a swift knee right to the enemy. Is there one more hand I'm waiting on? I feel like there's a wrestle for someone's soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's worth the fight, man. Come on, let's all say this prayer. Let's all say this prayer. I felt a release immediately when your hand went up. You're worth fighting for. Man, the devil doesn't. Let's all say this prayer. Heavenly Father, I give you my heart. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sin. I am forgiven. Heaven is my home. And now let the rest of my life be the best of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.